welcome to The Readerly Report, a podcast of Readerly Magazine. Your hosts are Gail Weisswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. So welcome to The Readerly Report. We have got a pretty, pretty long but pretty exciting agenda this evening. We are going to be talking about the books that we have enjoyed most this year and some of the books that we haven't liked as much. We're also going to make an announcement about our classic, our classics challenge, which which classic we're going to read for the first time and which classic we will be revisiting. And then Gail every year does a crowdsourced summer reading list and we are going to be taking a look at that. So Let's just hop right in. Gail, how's this year shaping up for you? So this year, this this half of a year, I've had a little burst of reading in the last week. And I'm like, not quite where I want to be in terms of how many books I've read, but I'm not, I'm, I'm within striking distance. So like, it had gotten, I'd gotten hopelessly behind in the first quarter, but this last June, June has been a nice little burst for me. So you're making um, a comeback after I'm making a comeback after the election blues. Exactly. And I'd say it's been, I would say it's been pretty good. Quality of the books I've read has been pretty good. There've been some standouts on both directions, but more, I would say probably more good books than bad. So I, yeah, I've been, I've been relatively pleased with what I've read so far. And, and, and I think I've been reading stuff that's been keeping my interest. So that's been good. How about you? Where would you rate this as a year? You know, when I went to look back and just to see what I, what I've read, you know, cause I think I have one, one or two books that are kind of real standouts that I've been thinking in terms of, I just keep coming back to how good they are and recommending them. So I was surprised by how many books I've read. First of all, I've read, yeah, I've read quite a few books. I've had some travel time. So that makes a difference. And I've gotten back into listening to audios. I listen to them a little more than I normally would, which I think has bumped my total up. Usually I'm a more seasonal audio listener. I listen in the summer and early fall when it's nice and I'm doing a lot of walking around. But this year I managed to just sneak some in at other times. Read more than I thought I would have at this point. Read a lot more good books than I have. I would say more good good than bad. I think this is shaping up to be a pretty nice reading year. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, All right, so why don't you start us off with one of your faves? Okay, so... I have to say the book I always say when someone asks me for a recommendation or my favorite book, but if I'm looking back over the year, then six months, yeah, yeah. the the last six months, then my favorite book so far has, it it still comes back to Kitchens of the Great Midwest by J. Ryan Straddle. And I feel like- Does that make it? Didn't you read that in December? No, I read it this year. I read it in January. It was probably like January 2nd. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, here, I'll see. When did I post my review of that book? Uh, you know, I'm sure people are sick of hearing me talk about it because I've talked about it incessantly. Okay, I posted a review on January the 15th. So it was, you know, sometime wow. in there. 
I like. I think I want to read this again. Like, I just loved this book so much, and everyone I've recommended it to, with the exception of like one or two people, has loved it as well. So I know it wasn't a fluke. I just really, really loved it, and it it was this. I wasn't expecting to love it because I'm not a foodie, and I don't. As we've talked about this. I don't like quirky characters, and I don't like. Lots of books about food, but this one, just the way it was told and the way the story developed and the different characters that came in and out of it, I just loved it. I I just, I don't know. I loved it. I think I might read it again. So that, that is my standout read. It may be my standout read of the whole year. Uh, That's a big, bold thing to say when I have still six months to go. But it's, it's definitely going to be like in the top two or three. I just, I just loved it. And then if I had to pick another one that stood out to me, I might go with my sh- our short history by Lauren Grodstein, which I really enjoyed. I mean, I've talked about that on the podcast before too. I, that was just a, a good, very uh, compelling, realistic book. And as far as just pure, like couldn't put it down, was totally enthralled with it, I would say it's The Stars Are Fire which we've also talked about the podcast. That's by Anita Shreve. It's not definitely not the book, best book I've read of the year, and it, but it was one of the more addictive reads, I guess I would say. So those are, those are my high points so far of 2017. How about you? I would second Anita Shreve. It's not my standout book, The Stars Are Fire, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's a pretty good book. I'm so glad that we agree on this one. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, we talked about Anita Shreve and how everyone says that her, it's, it's funny because I've, I've read some of the reviews on this and the consistent thing that people were saying is that her last few books have not been that good, but she's back. And I know I was reading it and I was just thinking if people are not going to think that this is a good book, I mean, it, I thought it was kind of perfect in what she tried to do. Um, I think that there were you know, there were some parts that were a little, it wraps up very neatly. It is one of those books, but it's also one of those books that you want to wrap up neatly. I don't think that either of us would have been able to take it if it did not sort of, if it was not okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's right. I think we would have rebelled. And you are someone that I advised about that and you still had a lot of trouble with it. So <laughs> I kept coming back it to is... your text. You'd be like, I'd be like, Nicole, tell me this is going to be okay. And you'd be like, <laughs> it works out. And so then, you know, when I was. You're like, I just can't see how. So right. we're talking about that's, that's a pretty good book when, you know, you have been advised to the, to the point of me just not flat out telling you how the book wraps up. Right. I had to, when I was away from the audio and I couldn't get to it, I had to just satisfy myself with your text message that said, it works out. So I was like, Gail, just remember, Nicole said it works out. She wouldn't say that if it didn't work out. (laughs) It was so sad that that's what I was clinging to. That's how desperately I needed to know what happened. But just in terms of... uh, her, the setting at the time, the storyline, you know, this sort of young married mother gets, who gets a shot at a little bit of freedom when things change. And then she has her circumstances shift again. I was completely in all of the nuances of her life and her marriage. Mm -hmm. My other book that I really, really love is Waking Lions by Ayelet Gundar Goshen. So it's out this year in translation. I believe it came out in Israel in, 
I want to say 2014 or 2015, somewhere around there. And it was published here this year, and it is so good. It is about this Israeli doctor who hits an Eritrean. I guess he's like, he's an immigrant on the side of the road late at night, and he hits this man, winds up fleeing the scene, and the man's wife shows up the next day because in the heat of the moment, he has left his wallet there. So of course he does, he's not going to get out of this easily. There are things that this woman wants from him and the relationship and their story progresses from there. But just in terms of someone being super insightful about relationships and how we see each other, the way in relationships, sometimes we're so invested more in what you think the actual relationship is and and how you want to be perceived and how far you're willing to go to protect that. And also just a lot of questions about who we really are as opposed to the person that we think we are. You know, this doctor does not think that he is someone who would ever hit someone and leave them on the side of the road, but it kind of explores how he sees things and how he could do something like that. And it was just, it was a fascinating book. I read your, uh, yeah, uh, when I was going through the crowdsource reading list, I found your suggestion for that, and I went back and looked at it again today. Um, and uh, it really does sound like quite a gripping book. I was reading because you know all the summer lists are coming out, and I can't remember which one it was, but someone did a list of books that they can't believe that more people are not talking about and reading, and I was just so excited to see that Waking Lions was on this list because I this this writer's just in terms of being insightful into the human condition and, you know, the tension between citizens and, and immigrants who are trying to set up a new life. And she just, it's just really skillfully done mm-hmm. what she's saying about human nature. So cool. That's great. Okay. So now do we get to start book bashing? Yes. <laughs> okay. So books that have disappointed us this year that we had higher hopes for that did not live up to those expectations. I've got two that I'm going to talk about. Uh, One is The Turner House by Angela Flournoy, which was just boring and somewhat, I wouldn't say pointless, but just never really went anywhere. I expected differently from that. I thought it was going to be a story about a a family in Detroit who've lived in this one house, like 12 siblings, and they've lived there for many years. And it's all about the kind of the history of this family. And now the the father has died and the the mom has moved out and she's moved in with the oldest son. And what's going to happen to this house that's in a somewhat ramshackle neighborhood in Detroit? And I just, I had hoped for a lot more sort of familial sibling interaction and more, um, I don't know, more about what it's like to live in that big family. And instead it just meandered and it focused only on two characters and one of which was kind of boring. I had a really hard time getting through that book. It was a slog. I did it on audio and Oof, it was like painful to get through that one. So I've had heard great reviews of that book and I just don't understand why. Like I don't get it. So <laughs> that one was disappointing. And the other one that I found disappointing was called The Book That Matters Most by Anne Hood, 
which I just reviewed about a week or two ago. And this is one of those books where the author had way too many things going on at one time. It's kind of the opposite of the Turner House, didn't have enough going on. This one had way too much going on. So it's about this middle-aged woman who's in this book club, and you're supposed to pick the book that matters most to you in life. And so it's about this book club, and then her husband has left her, so it's kind of about that relationship. And then it's also about her daughter who's living in Paris and who is a drug addict. So there's very, very graphic depictions of shooting heroin, Really, it was a very different tone than the rest of the book. And then there are these weird, like, circumstances going on. And, ugh, it started out okay, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And I just felt like it it was just way too much going on. And I, I feel like it needed an editor to kind of get her back on track much earlier so that the book would hang together better. So, again... Great reviews, a lot of really good reviews. I don't get it, but that one was disappointing to me. So those would be my two most disappointing reads. Okay, so my one of my most disappointing reads, and I kind of laugh about this, because you started off the year talking about this author's first book, and it's B.A. Paris. Okay. And she wrote, what did you read? What was that book? Behind Closed Doors. Behind closed doors. I was getting that confused with like the couple next door. It's all these. Understandably. (laughs) Doors, doors, books. So my understanding of that is that you could not, the psychological suspense was too thrilling for you. So it was really difficult for you to get through that book. In fact, you called it one of the most disturbing books you've ever read. So this one could not be less disturbing could not be. I was so bored. What would you say the name of it again? So this is her new one. It's going to be coming out on July 18th. I picked it up at, well, no, I had read it before BEA, I think. Yeah, you. I picked it up at BEA, but you'd already read it. And it's called The Breakdown. So this is her follow-up. It's about a woman who is driving home late at night, and she passes by a woman on the side of the road. It looks like maybe the car is broken down. She's not sure what what's going on in the car, but she doesn't, you know, she doesn't stop to offer the woman any help. And then the next day it turns out that this woman has been murdered. So she's going through all of these feelings of guilt around this. And then she has got people in her life and I don't know, things are, things are starting to happen. She's getting these weird phone calls one of my problems with the book is that there just weren't enough people in it. So it was just very easy for me to, to guess what the plot was and where this was going. So it was just mm. so boring and repetitive. Everyone loves it. I mean, it's like it has 4.11 on Goodreads and just down the list, it's just four stars, four stars. Really? Yeah. I was kind of surprised that it was not more suspenseful being that, it seemed like, from what you said, she had done such a good job with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the issue I had with her book was not the writing or the plot. It was just, well, it was the plot. It was just that it was so intensely disturbing. But it wasn't right. that it was a poorly constructed book or a poorly told book or anything like that. Sounds like for you, you just had an issue with the, the plot itself was just not there. Right. Hmm, I'm looking okay. at one Goodreads review that 
It's like the only two star review that talks about it was too easy to guess. (laughs) (laughs) There's like three people in the book. (laughs) Do you think there's something wrong with me that I like actively seek out two star reviews? It's so mean. (laughs) I like, I mean, especially if it's a book I didn't like, if it's a book I loved, then I get very protective and upset. But if it's a book I didn't like and I find a two star review, I'm so happy. That's terrible. I don't know. I think it's sort of human to seek a community. Even if it's a community of two people, you're just like, okay. I don't know that it's terrible that I always wonder what that says about me, that I need validation for the fact that I didn't like something. Right. Well, you want to make sure you're not an outlier. <laughs> that you, the that one, you got it. That you, I am like, the that one you, person who did yeah. not get this book. Right, right. Yeah, that's never a good feeling. But so, yeah, so I'm number two, so it's okay. But she made some of the same points that I did. I won't read her review, but if you want to look at the breakdown and the only two-star review that's there, well, there's a second one. Pretty much sums up what I had to say about it. Hmm. Actually, there's a few as as you go along. It just seems like the consensus of the, the people who did not enjoy it as well. Um, just didn't think it was as suspenseful as her last book. Like, even though in that book, I think you said you pretty much knew what was going on from the beginning, but it still ended up being crazy suspenseful. I think I'm going to take a pass on this book because I, you know, the first one made me so uncomfortable. And then you said the second one's bad. There's just no reason for me to pursue this book. (laughs) Well, it, I mean, it kind of got on my nerves. I don't know. Yeah, it just, just, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my other book that I didn't like, which I think you might really like, not that I didn't like this book. This book was well-written. It's one of these books about infertility and getting pregnant and some of the horrors that are involved with that. It's called the unprotected by Kelly Sokol. Oh yeah. I've, I've, I've put that on my library list. That looks really, that sounds really good. Right. So it was one of those books that was just, it's almost like it was too disturbingly detailed for me and just not enough light spots in the book to give it a break from, you know, I mean, I'm sure this is a pretty serious situation if you are trying to become pregnant and you're obsessed with this. I I can imagine that that's a pretty dire mindset, but there's just no levity in this book at all. It's pretty grim. I don't know. I, I imagine it's kind of like how you felt about Carousel Court. Oh, man. And actually, the book I just finished is very relentlessly grim. I just finished one yesterday, and it was like... Just the most depressing. Which one is this? It's called One of the Boys. Oh. Yeah. I think I want to read that. It's good. It's really depressing. And it it's right. It's just like it just there's no let up on in the on the sort of stress and depression of it. Right. I just feel like anytime whether someone's died, whether you're in a traumatic situation, I mean there is usually one moment of the day when not everyone is on edge or it's horrible. Yeah. Like there must've been some, some days when she was trying to get pregnant, when she just kind of let go. It was just, it was just too much. 
Yeah. I felt the same way about Leanne Moriarty's last book, Truly Madly Guilty. It was just relentlessly just this horrible friendship and just completely toxic and just no, just nothing to, nothing to lift it up a little bit. And she's usually good about having sort of a comedic balance with all of her dark humor. And it was, it was missing in that one. And I thought the book suffered for for it. Mm. All right. So that's our, our top picks and low picks. Midpoint. (laughs) Midpoint review of 2017. Okay, so the next thing we want to talk about is that Nicole and I have announced that we are going to do a classics challenge this summer. We're each going to pick a classic book that we have not read before that we're going to read that we're going to read. And we are probably also, but I'm not I'm a little nervous to commit to, but we're probably also going to revisit a classic that we did read before that we'd like to read again now that maybe a few years or possibly decades have passed since we <laughs> read it. So um, I am still torn between two books and I think I may read two because I posted on Facebook three different choices and I had equally passionate supporters of two books that were both, they were like, you have to read this one and that, or you have to read the other one. And they loved it. My best, my favorite book of all time, you have to read it. Or this book is so relevant right now. You have to read it. So I've narrowed mine down to two and I'll (laughs) read at least one of them. So my choices are 1984 by George Orwell or a tree grows in Brooklyn. And I've forgotten the name of the person. Betty Smith. Betty Smith. So now um, a tree grows in Brooklyn. I've read some of your responses. On that. The best book I've ever read. I reread it every I've year. Ever read. Well, one of the things that surprised me was they talked about how grim it was. Or <laughs> they heartbreaking. Don't know, they don't know grim, Nicole. <laughs> Not until <laughs> they've read The Unprotected. <laughs> or Carousel Court. <laughs> and I, d- I just don't recall that. See, that's one of my issues with reading classic books when you are... When you're younger than 15, you know, I don't think I had any idea of just like you would read about stuff, but I don't know if I really knew what these things meant at that Mm -hmm. point. I just feel like you get a depth of experience that you can apply Mm -hmm. later on, you know, like if someone's homeless or they don't have a job or they're struggling. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't really understand what that means. Right. So... All of the people were deeply touched and, you know, they talk about her experiences. I'm just like, I don't remember that at all. I just remember it being a pretty, you know, it was, it was fine. So that did pique my curiosity. Hmm. Okay. Well, those are the ones that I have committed, half committed to. So I will read one of them by the end of summer, if not both. <laughs> just not right, Gail. I will we, say that we need tree, an answer. <laughs> tree Girls in Brooklyn is now in my house. I did get that from the library, which they shockingly did not have 1984. Well, I said that all the copies were checked out. I bet it's on some summer reading list and all the kids in the neighborhood have picked it up. So well, between the summer reading list and everyone just rereading it because of the political right. climate, that's one of those books that I had on my shelf for a long time. I do not have A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, though. I did love this other Betty Smith book, speaking of things I should not have understood when I was young because it's all about the first this book that she wrote that's all about this couple's first year of marriage it's it's called joy in the morning and that's like one of my favorite books (laughs) Hmm. okay so i am going to 
I think I was pretty much set on Dorian Gray. And I'm going to stick with Dorian, the, the picture of Dorian Gray. And, but my reread is something completely different that I just thought about the other day that I really loved. It was called Lady Oddly's Secret. Okay. And I feel like she's kind of sort of like the forerunner. She might, she might be the first killer in, in a classic. I mean, because it's supposed to be this sort of groundbreaking book because a woman might have committed murder in that. And that's just something that whenever this was set, whether it was Victorian England or Edwardian England or whatever, they just did not believe that women were capable of these things. So I'd like to revisit that. Cool. Okay. Well, there you have it. Those are our, our picks for our classics challenge for 2017, summer 2017. Did you, did you tell us which one you were going to revisit? Oh, the revisit. I think I'm going to go with Jane Eyre only because I've, I've read Lolita's, I mean, my favorite book ever, but I've read it so many times that Mm. I feel like, I think I will do Jane Eyre. No, I say that without like having picked it up and flipping through it, but. Right. So one of my friends seconded you on that. She's just like, she just read it for the first time this summer and she's just like, but it's so good. She's like, it's so good. Oh, that's good. Lolita. So, oh, Lolita. To, Lolita. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Jane Eyre. I mean, it no. is so good. It's so good. It's the best yeah. book I've ever read. Okay. It's the best writing I've ever read in my life. Okay. I might have to, I may have to pick that up at some point. Maybe I'll try I mean, to read it before the end of the year. That should be your classic that you haven't read. Lolita. Oh, I mean... It's just brilliant. I may read that. Dorian Gray is is small, so I'll read Dorian Gray and then and I'll see. So we're both sort of committed to two. Right, to two. Okay. We're both flirting. We're stringing along two different books. Just don't tell them about each other. Right. Okay. So I just posted on my blog, Every Day I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. My annual crowdsourced reading list. So what I do every year is I post on my Facebook page and also on my blog Facebook page. I ask people to just tell me the best book they've read in the last year. It doesn't have to be released in the last year, but just something they've read since I last did the list. So I don't get the same list every year. And uh, I got a ton of responses. And there must be hundred, more than 100 books on that list. I don't know. I didn't count it up, but it sure took me a long time to add all those links today. And, um, it's a good, it's a good variety. There are some books that appeared several times and I noted on my blog, whenever the a book came up more than once, I noted, uh, with asterisks that had been recommended by at least, you know, by more than one person. There's a couple of the usual suspects. A little life is, is mm. clearly enjoying it the long tail because it was, it came up a bunch of times. The couple um, next door is on this list. The couple next door is on that list. I will say, and I wanted to ask you if you thought this was obnoxious. When I posted, I said, please don't suggest Gone Girl or Girl on the Train. <laughs> I just said, like, please no Gone Girl, Girl on the Train. I think because, we've all got that recommendation already, though. Yeah. And don't you think if I hadn't said that, like, someone would have said it? Probably. For sure. Yeah. I just, enough with those books. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, Homegoing. 
got a bunch of rev- bunch of recommendations, and the Underground Railroad got a bunch of recommendations. Before the fall, got a bunch of recommendations. Before the fall, got a bunch of recommendations, including from people I really like. So I'm going to try not to complain about it. Hillbilly Elegy. I feel like there's some very. I mean, maybe this says something about like my Facebook friends, but. There's definitely a theme of sort of social justice and what's happening in America and race. The fact that Homegoing and Underground Railroad got as many recommendations as it did. And same with Hellbelly Elegy. So I like that there's definitely some statements being made by this list. Um, Then there's a lot of just lighter reads, good stories. Like 10 people recommended Kitchens of the Great Midwest, but they're all people that... (laughs) You probably <laughs> read it on my recommendation, <laughs> so that made me happy. Um, a couple authors. There were a few authors that had a couple books on there. Kevin Kwan has a few of the the crazy rich agents, rich people problems. Those books both appeared. Uh, the guy who wrote A Man Called Uve has three books on the list. I think he has the record. That's Frederick Backman, and he's got um, A Man Called Uve and Beer, Bear Town. And my grandmother asked me to tell you she's sorry. And those all came from different people. So I have not read anything by him yet, but I think I want to. Oh, I love Eligible Bulls on the list. Eligible Bulls on the which list. Which you didn't love. Behold the Dreamers, I did not love. I thought it was so boring. You didn't love? Oh, really? No, okay. it's so funny. And Oprah's on the cover of her July issue, which is usually, you know, where she does her big reading issue. Mm-hmm. And she's on the cover, like, laying in the field holding this book. Like, oh, that's funny. Oprah, it's not good. Maybe it's because the cover's so pretty. Yeah. It's one of those books I expected. I expected to love this book. It was like about immigrants. It was about the 2008 crash. It was about New York and hedge fund people. And I was totally bored. Hmm. That's Nicole's catnip right there. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Financial crash gets you going. Um, Yeah, that's funny. I, I, I would think that you would like it too. What else is on here? There's a lot of books that you and I have both read. Heat and Light is on there. Uh, my friend Robin recommended that one, and I was pleased to see that um, because, yeah, I still have not finished that book. Um, there's a bunch of books on here that you and I both read. The Engagements. Did you read The Engagements? I thought you did. Courtney Sullivan? No, I didn't read that. Oh, one. I thought you did. Everything I Never Told You, I think you read that. Nope. No. No. Waking Lions, I think you recommended that one. I did. I did. I hope someone reads it. Uh, I know. Here's a few I know you did read. Sons and Daughters of Ease and Plenty and Sweet I Bitter. Did. Mm-hmm. You've read both of those. Those are there. So, yeah, I would say give this list a look. You'll get some perspectives that go beyond Nicole and me, which I think is very healthy because she and Nicole and I overlap so much and we both tend to like the same somewhat narrow band of books. So, um, you know, there's some nonfiction on here. There's some stuff that I found really interesting. There's a book about what it's like to live in North Korea, which I didn't, I didn't even know that book existed. That looked really interesting. I've not really heard really good things about Shoe Dog. That's been recommended. Shoe to Dog, yeah. I didn't know about that one either. That's about the More guy who once. founded Nike. Yes. Phil Knight. That one, I had no idea even that book was there. So um, take a look at the book. Take a look, you know, click through the links and, and see what looks appealing. But it looks like there's... This is kind of all the books that we've read, plus a lot of psychological suspense. Yeah, true. And then Shoe Dog. Story Life of AJ Fickery. Interesting. Yeah, this is a good list. Great list, though. Yeah. All right. Well, I take no credit for it. I just simply posted the question. My friends all came through. So that's the list. And that's our show. That's our show. 
Well, let me ask you real fast before we sign off. Is there anything good that you want to talk about? Right now, I think I mentioned it briefly, and I'm not sure which in what order these podcasts are going up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm reading the, uh, I'm listening to on audio the Jane Austen Project, and I'm oh, it's that so looks good. good. That's it's that's so, on my list too. People really love that book. Yeah, I mean because usually you're used to sort of these books that deal with Jane Austen and they just don't have the right tone or they're too light and really funny. But this one is just well thought out, well put together book about these two people, even though it is, it's a time travel novel. These, these, um, a man and a woman, they go back and, and what they want to do is to find Jane Austen's like Cassandra, her sister destroyed a lot of her letters. So they want to find her letters before she's destroyed. They want to, figure out what illness she had that killed her. And they also want to, they suspect that the Watsons, which was her unfinished book is actually finished and they want to find that copy. So it's just realistic in how they insert themselves in society. You know, they have fake bank notes and they're trying to figure out what the manners and, you know, they've, they've had speech training. So it's just, it's just set up in a way that's so plausible and it gets you in that world. And of course you get to meet the Austins, which is kind of cool. It's, it's well done. Mm -hmm. What about you? Let's see. I just finished a couple stuff, a couple books. Um, I mentioned one of the boys by Daniel, and I'm I'm not sure I'm gonna pronounce his last name right. Magariel. Mm-hmm. That's a super depressing book about this dad who takes his boys and sort of I wouldn't say kidnaps them because they're his you know he's they're his sons, but he removes them from his mother's house in Kansas and moves with them to Albuquerque and gets sort of convinces them that their mother is evil and awful. But meanwhile, the father, it turns out is a drug addict. And so these two boys are in high school or high school and middle school are like trying to live with this very erratic, unpredictable, unreliable father who's got them kind of trapped in this new life in Albuquerque. And it's told from the perspective of the younger son who is maybe 12 and it's just super depressing because it's just, you know, sad, this, you know, the trust he has in his father and he wants to believe that his father is doing the right thing, but his dad's this awful, selfish, addicted man. So I know it sounds super uplifting. <laughs> um, you know what but, I read? Hmm. The Cuckoo's Calling. What's that? It is that mystery that came out under Robert Galbraith, and it turned out it was J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. I didn't like it. I mean, I liked it and didn't like it. There was a lot that I did not like about the book in terms of the way it was constructed. It was so much overkill. She's got this main character who has lost his leg in the war, has broken up with his girlfriend. He has this crazy name. His name is like Cormorant Strike. It was almost like overkill too much in, in one character or sort of like a takeoff on a, well, I don't, I don't know if I really liked more, you know, this mm. gumshoe detective, he's sleeping in his office. She just really piled it on, even mm. though I kind of liked the character. And then it was just way too much dialogue. It's just page after page full of dialogue, which if Anyone has read it, and if that appears in books, I'm so critical because I'm just like, if I wanted to read a play, I would. So just not a lot of narrative, a lot of dialogue. 
that was just unnecessary and didn't further the story. And it was so long. But I mean, there were some elements that were good, good in it. And I just feel like it's, if, I don't know, if there were just less of it, <laughs> yeah. maybe I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. I've not read anything by her, including her main I haven't read this series. Yeah, this was my first book by J.K. Got it. Um, so I read um, I read Startup, which is something else I've also talked about on the show. And did did you like it all the way through? I did like it all the way through. It's it's not. I remember teasing you about that. Yeah, it's not for everyone. I think I really liked it because it's like my world. It's working in a tech company and. It's just riddled with references to inside humor, inside humor, platform app stuff. I mean, it was very reminiscent. It's, it's not a, um, that book is not taking on the world. Like it's, it's sort of at the end, a rather small story and it's not terribly deep, but I found it highly enjoyable. (laughs) So I say, if you've ever worked in a startup or you are, partnered or friends with someone who works in a startup and you want a little glimpse into their life or you're just interested in startups and the tech scene in New York, then you might really enjoy this book. I don't think it will necessarily find a super broad audience and I'm not sure it should because it doesn't, again, it's not like the world's deepest book, but I loved it. I, 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 I wouldn't say I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I found it very um, easy to read. I don't think you have to justify it so much because I, I looked at that book like I will look up books just to see how they're doing, like what they have bought a lot of at the library and how many holes on it. Mm-hmm. And there was like 175 holes on that book. But it's because you live in New York. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, you're like you live in the sweet spot of where that book should be in demand. Right. But like in Kansas, are they interested in this book? I don't know. What? 200 people in Kansas don't want to read <laughs> That's the second time in this podcast I've said the word Kansas. Now third time. Shocking. All right. I think that's enough book talk for tonight. Um, We are entering the summer months and we're going to be both of us traveling a little bit, but we'll try to get podcasts up as much as we can. And uh, we'd love to hear what you're reading. So if you want to reach out to us, please do. Best way to reach us is what? Um, either Gail, either of our names, Gail or Nicole at readerlymag.com or the readerly report at readerlymag.com. And my name is G-A-Y-L-E in case anyone's trying to spell it the other way. Yeah. Well, great. So thanks for listening as always. And we hope you've had a good fruitful first six months of the year for in your reading life as well. And we hope, you know, we've inspired some people to join our classics reading challenge we'd love to hear what you picked and what you read and so please stay in touch with us and until the next time happy reading thanks so much for listening to this episode of the readerly podcast you can find issues of readerly at readerlymag.com and you can find me gail blogging at every day i write the book which is at every day i write the book blog.com and nicole at linus's blanket which is linus's blanket.com please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.